Hello there, this is Robin Norgren, and I'm your host for Montessori Creativity and the Meaning of Life. You can find all the work that I do on Instagram under Robin underscore Norgren or at UBU for Life. I'd like to start with some words from Priscilla Shearer and her book Awaken. A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. Proverbs 29, 23. A part of us, in all of us, longs for a nod of approval from someone. And the more someones we get it from, the better. From the supervisor who says we're doing an exceptionally good job this quarter, from the ministry director at church who thanks us for serving so well and showing such talent, from the toothy grin of our little one throwing their arms around us and saying, I love you. Yet underneath much of this generic desire for approval lies the scariest of all monsters. And if we aren't aware of its strength and strategy, it can eat us alive. In a dark hidden room deep inside us where it, where it lurks, One of its hairy appendages is almost always too unruly to be tamed. The ego monster pokes through a tiny crevice in our soul's lockbox, creating just enough space for the whole devastating ogre to eventually emerge. Then, when we are offended at being overlooked or outperformed or underappreciated in some way, it lurches towards the surface showing us in our furrowed brow and pasted-on grin. How dare someone else receive what we deserve? How dare we not be selected for the position when we're so much more capable and qualified? But oddly, success is often the antagonist that stirs the monster in its most irrepressible frenzy. Applause and opportunity are its food, its fuel, They cause it to grow larger and more voracious, bigger, stronger, until layer by layer it begins dismantling the veneer of false humility we've been creating throughout our lives in hopes of disguising it. That's when we start to realize what others have already suspected. That's when we discover that our noble motivations, truth be told, were mostly just self-satisfying excuses. That's when it becomes all too clear we've been duped. Ego has pulled the wool over our eyes. Gotcha. The monster has claimed another victim. It is only the humility that comes from God's spirit, not our need for impressing people and receiving affirmation that will allow us to fulfill his calling solely for the pleasure of obeying him and living for his purposes. By his strength alone will we be committed to the discipline. His mission requires, even if, especially if, it comes with little thanks, reward, or recognition at the end. Applause is not the grand prize waiting at the end of our life's many endeavors. The approval of others is never a suitable replacement for the fathers. 
So fight this monster instead of trying to hide it. Bring it out into the open where it has no other chance today. But to sit and watch us while we take all the acclaim it tells us we deserve and place it straight at the feet of Jesus. It is not good to eat too much honey or to seek glory after glory. Proverbs 25, 27. Tara Moore says in her book, Playing Big, A few years ago, I came across a teaching that completely changed how I understand fear. I was reading the book, Be Still and Get Going by Rabbi Alan Liu, a brilliant writer and spiritual teacher. Rabbi Liu explained that the Hebrew Bible uses two different words for fear. The first word is pachad. Pachad. Rabbi Rabbi Lou explains is the fear of projected or imagined things the fear of the phantom the fear whose object is imagined Pachad is the overreactive irrational fear that stems from worries about what could happen about the worst case scenarios we imagine most of us are familiar with Pachad it shows up as the fear that you'll horribly embarrass yourself that the plane is about to crash, that you'll say something stupid, that this time the truth that you have no talent at your job will be revealed, and so on. It's what we try to help our kids move past or be brave in the face of. The fear we feel before the first day of school or when we are worried about the monster under the bed. It's the kind of fear we try to conquer in ourselves. It's the fear that often speaks through the voice of the inner critic. Thousands of years before neuroscientists discovered the overreactive nature of our fear instinct, it shows up with its own unique team in the Old Testament. Here's where things get fascinating. Rabbi Lou explains that in the Hebrew Bible, there's a second word used for fear, yira. Yira has three different meanings. It is the feeling that overcomes us when we inhabit a larger space than we're used to. It is the feeling we experience when we suddenly come into possession of considerably more energy than we had before. It's what we feel in the presence of the divine. When I first read about that second kind of fear, Yira, I thought of Mary. Mary was a corporate executive at a large regional bank and had enjoyed a long and successful career. We were working together because Mary wanted to decide what playing big would look like for her in the encore phase of her working life through her 60s and beyond. One day in a session together, we uncovered what she really wanted, to move to the developing world and work for a nonprofit organization there. She wanted to do full-time the kind of service work she squeezed into on, on the side of her job for the past several decades, work she always loved. As Mary finally spoke these words, her voice slowed down and sounded different, more serene, more reverent. 
It has simultaneous calm and quivering to it. The space we were in seemed charged with a special kind of energy. Then Mary said, It feels really scary to say these things. I'm terrified. This happened all the time in my work with women. We'll discover what we really wanted, what we felt we called to do. And for a moment, there would be a miraculous sense of truth and sacredness in the air. Then, the fear cloud would pass over and they'd say something along the lines of, but I'm scared. I always treated this as what, in Rabbi Lou's terms, called Peshad. I've seen it as the regular old fear that comes up when we leave the comfort zone of the familiar and take the emotional risks that come with playing bigger. But after I read about Pajad and Yura, I understood I've been missing something, something big. What Mary and others felt in those moments wasn't just Pajad, it was also Yura. Think back to the three definitions of Yura. The feeling that comes when we inhabit a larger space than we're used to. The feeling we experience when we suddenly come into possession of considerably more energy than we had before. What we feel in the presence of the divine. Mary was experiencing all these things. She was inhabiting a larger space than she was used to emotionally as she stepped into this authentic dream. She was in touch with the divine, with the sacred in herself as she articulated a longing that came from a very soulful part of her. She was suddenly in possession of more energy than she was used to, because Mary had tapped into a huge well of inner vitality and passion that we access when we go for our authentic dreams. When we know about Pajad and Yira, we can work with fear wisely, so that we don't so that it doesn't hold us back from playing big. Yura and Pajad each, each call for a different set of responses from us. When we feel Yura, we want to simply welcome it, feel it fully, and savor it. Mary Wasserman, a therapist and coach, put it, Now being able to differ, differentiate between Pajad and Yura... I often look for Yira and each day ask myself, when did I feel Yira? If I didn't feel it, I look for opportunities for it that I might have missed. Moving from playing small to playing big means being less and less run by Pashad and becoming more and more comfortable with living with Yira. This is an interview from my book, Your Creative Peace, Find and Deepen Your Creative Voice While Connecting with God. I talked with April McKay, owner of the company called Spread the Word 411. She says, my name is April McKay and I enjoy being creative. I currently specialize in hand-stamped and etched copper jewelry, mini cuffs, I wanted something creative for my business name that combined what I do with what I believe. Thus, spread the word. To me, this title has two meanings. 
One, I stamp words on copper jewelry. And two, I believe we should spread the word of Jesus to others. I know that Jesus created in me the ability to be creative, and I want to share it with others. My earliest creative memories were spent learning how to make potholders with my grandparents. It was so much fun learning on that loom to make things. I still have several my grandpa made. Then as I got older, I enjoyed drawing, writing, and photography. I've been making copper jewelry for about a year now. Kind of just stumbled into it and discovered a passion to write inspirational verses and quotes. I always have been good at writing down what I was trying to say than to actually verbalize it. Plus, as an added bonus, my husband has been creating a few new pieces too. It's been fun working together. 19 years together and I love him more each day. From early on, God has been such an inspiration to me. In each piece, I discover something new he reveals to me. He is what my life is all about. I wouldn't be where I am today without him. It's hard not to be inspired by God. Just look at all he has created. Even in my darkest place, he has made something beautiful. We just have to see his light shine. One thing that ushers me into a place of worship is music. I have to have some type of Christian music playing all the time. I catch glimpses of phases in each song that is filled with so much meaning. Take, for instance, a song by Building 426, Where I Belong. The chorus starts, Take this world and give me Jesus. But the line that grabs my heartstrings each, each time says, I've got this blessed assurance holding me. How great is that? Jesus is that blessed assurance, and he's holding me. Sacred versus scared. I have to admit, when I first read this, my dyslexia kicked in, and I thought both words were the same. So I did like any dyslexic person would do, and I read it again. Sacred means something holy, valuable, precious, something of worth to be treasured. Scared means letting fear take hold of your dreams, when in reality your dreams are probably pretty sacred to you in one sense of the word. Favorite quotes? Corey Ten Boom, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future with a known God. And Mother Teresa, do ordinary things with extraordinary love.